Going on 14. Hello, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And after hearing Joel share his opinions on the Eagles, and Patrick tell us what genre of music Kiss is, we figured it'd be fun to have 90 minutes of us all sharing incorrect opinions about music. I'm not incorrect. You're incorrect. I'm just buttering people up for when I try to defend Nickelback in the second half of the show. I'm looking forward to it. So, incorrect music choices is the show theme. <laughs> That's one way you can put it, yeah. yeah. Something is songs we love to. What did he put? We hate to love to love to hate with songs that we like, don't but don't want to get pulled over while singing it. Should be pretty interesting. It's a wide variety of music. Songs that you like to sing along to, and you would hate it if one of your friends busted you singing along to it. Right. You call it cringy yeah. songs? It's like Kinda. song, I Hate Myself for Loving You. But not that song, because that's an actual good song. Yeah. I just made it more confusing. Yeah. I don't understand how it got confusing to begin with. If you like confusing things, you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective. Such as The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy. Tales from the Hard Side. The Portland Beer Club Podcast. Talk Music to Me. And of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Well then, yeah. he, had some, he had to make up for last show. <laughs> it was pretty depressing. It was just like, bomb. You let me down. I was last show. I was ready for a big old thing. Now you got me back. I'm back on board, Joel. He's back on your big old thing. I'm back on your thing. <laughs> your big jive happening? talking. Two shows ago. Wow. I like your jive talking thing and the way you use it. So if you're looking for some more of this stuff, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, and all podcasting directories across the universe. If you know of one that we're not on, let me know. I'll get us on it. Or you can just come over here. We'll go over there, but you can come over here, too. Either way. <laughs> you stay no, here. Yeah, don't come over here. It's not so. I'm going to go to the bowling alley. Don't go to the bowling alley. What's going on? Is no one paying attention? You stay here, and I'll go over there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think. Ah, no. Is it? Oh, it wait. is. This week in... Music, movies, and TV. <laughs> so this week we're going with April 12th, 1999, the release of I Want It That Way. Well, it's the number one song out of all the songs on our list at over 700 million downloads. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. 10% of the world has watched this video on YouTube. I guess people really do want it that way. Maybe only 5% of them watched it twice. Now if we could just get those numbers. All right. So music. The number one song in the land was No Scrubs by TLC. I kind of hate that song. Mm. I kind of nothinged it until Weezer did it. And then I love the Weezer version. I did like the Weezer version, but yeah, I, that's that right. We, good. we discussed this. Yeah, on the Weezer cover mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. 
So, yeah, we'll leave it at that then. Lil Nas X, American rapper known for his hit single, Old Town Road, was born Montero Lamar Hill on April 9th in Lithia Springs, Georgia. Is that the cowboy rapper looking dude? Yep. Yep. He's a thing. How do you not know who he is? I don't know. I don't follow popular music. I mean, if you've ever turned on a television, like I don't even watch TV that much. And I've heard that song like several hundred times. I know that song. Seriously. It was so popular for so long that Joel, like it was completely invisible to him. (laughs) That's pretty much how it works. I I don't know. I mean, I saw the the Super Bowl commercial with Sam Elliott and I was like, who's that cowboy dancing with him? And that's when I first heard of him. Then I, you guys, somebody was talking about that song and I, I saw part of the video, but before that, I didn't know who he was. I wasn't sure if that's who it was. That just blows my mind because, like, I there was a couple months there where I couldn't scroll through Facebook without seeing parodies of the song linked by four different people. I couldn't go through a day without hearing parodies of it coming from my daughters watching it. You have a weird flow chart of what you know and don't know about Joel. You really do. <laughs> he was too busy watching behind the scenes footage of Leonard Bernstein and in, in you know some kind of concert. Right, he can't. He can't know what the top ten is at that point. You know, too busy like behind the scenes with Juliana Hatfield and Leonard Bernstein. And I could get like not hearing it on the radio because I'm sh- pretty sure I've never heard it on the radio. But yeah, just like encountering it through people who are into pop music on social media. Anyway, just just blew my mind. Maybe it's just the people I follow on social media that I run with. I don't know. Maybe keeping an eye on you. <laughs> apparently pat is too because he's been watching what i've been doing at night leonard bernstein to... what do you mean ben always always watching get in i'm licking your picture always watching now i'm gonna check the bathroom not back on it joel still on it <laughs> i never was watching you wazowski that's why i never felt alone all right so liesel travis martin was an american country music singer songwriter and Enlisted United States Air Force flight engineer who sang in the old-time hobo music style, complete with dirty face, overalls, and a floppy hat. He was known as Boxcar Willie, who was originally a character in a ballad he wrote. He later adopted it as his own stage name. Martin was diagnosed with leukemia in 1996 and died on April 12th in Branson, Missouri at the age of 67. Absorbed, sadly. It's kind of like the elephant graveyard of those type of singers. They all kind of like just, oh, I can feel it coming. Got to get to Branson. The elephant graveyard for old country singers and Russian comedians. He's not dead yet. He's still strangely alive and well down there. But he's going to be the only Russian comedian buried there. Him and Sochi Tabuchi are going out every night, pouring it up, getting drinks. Him and who? Sochi Tabuchi. Okay, you don't know who Lil Nas X is, but you know whoever the fuck Soji Tabuchi is. <laughs> who are you? He's he's a he's a like a fiddler. He's popular in Branson. What is this Venn diagram you have going on? <laughs> Send him on this. I know who Soji Tabuchi is too. I have seen Soji Tabuchi. Yeah, that's because you in Branson. I, yeah, we know Branson is a thing for you. So like, you get a pass on this. I'm from. I'm born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. I was. In Branson when it first started. Okay. So, you, what, you were there at the origins of Branson? Yep. 
That uh, that makes sense. <laughs> so so we can blame you. No, no, it's not my fault. It's a horrible tourist attraction. Lots of go karts and and out of work musicians and actors and things. And they're making a killing, you know, making a living. All right, so Alexander Lee Skip Spence was a Canadian-born American singer, songwriter, and musician. He was the drummer on Jefferson Airplane's debut album, Jefferson Airplane Takes Off. Spence died of lung cancer two days before his 53rd birthday on April 16th. Good Lord, I almost messed that up, and I was way too... Hey! Sorry about that, Skip. Didn't didn't they do uh, We Built This City? Oh my God, shut up. Topical. He he didn't he wasn't around long enough to see that though I don't think no. Then there was the Alan Parsons project, which I believe was some kind <laughs> of hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, on April tenth, a charity tribute event was held at the Royal Albert Hall in London. Here, there, and everywhere, a concert for Linda featured performances by Paul McCartney, Chrissy Hine, Elvis Costello, Sinead O'Connor, and George Michael. Proceeds raised at the event went to animal rights causes. Hmm. That sounds like a decent concert, more or less. 99. Was this a tribute concert for Linda McCartney? Yeah. 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 She was already dead in 99? Yep. Wow. That's one of those, I mean, it wasn't like a huge event in my life, but it just seems like it was more recent than that long, like 21 year plus years ago. He's already divorced the one-legged one. She died April 17th, 1998, age 57. Huh. Wow. Okay. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was The Matrix, which broke Lost in Space's record for the highest weekend debut in April. <laughs> God, I hope so. Yeah. Niche-like record. Uh, it is a little bit of a baseball stat, but, yeah. Huh. Lost in Space had $20 million in an April, which is not bad. So, Yeah, I guess not. I remember seeing The Matrix in the theater, though, and walking out of the theater, and just, like, the whole world kind of was like, oh. Like, things yeah. just kind of different perspective after that. It's like, it's no Lost in Space, but... <laughs> right? No Matt LeBlanc in space. I don't think I saw The Matrix until it came out on DVD. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. How are you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Zoe Tamerlis Lund was an American musician, model, actress, author, producer, political activist, and screenwriter. She was best known for her association in two films with film director Abel Ferrara, Ms. 45, in which she starred, and Bad Lieutenant, for which she co-wrote the screenplay. Lund died in Paris on April 16th of heart failure due to extended cocaine use, which replaced her long-term heroin use after her move to Paris in 1997. Kind of a shift in gears there. You know, when you got to cut back on your heroin, you know, know. what better way to do it? Well, I mean, if you've seen The Bad Lieutenant, the idea that it was written by someone who had to turn to coke to give up heroin, that tracks. Yeah, right. That movie was weird. Lots of uh, Harvey Keitel dancing around with his penis hanging out. Piano. Yep. That was another one. Yep. Do you want some Harvey Keitel penis, folks? Rent the piano with Holly Hunter or bad bad lieutenant. (laughs) Or just show up at Harvey Keitel's house. You got a good chance. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the place. Here's my wiener. 
Or if you want to see uh, Nick Cage and some full Nick Cageness, watch Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, Louisiana, the follow-up to Bad Lieutenant, although his penis is not hanging out. But Harvey Keitel shows up. His penis is still in it. <laughs> he just shows up and he's looking down, trying to get the camera to pan down. The camera goes, just nods its head no. Like, you know, it's like shaking its head. <laughs> he's keeping eye contact with the camera. With that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he starts jumping up and down. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anthony Newley was an English actor, singer, and songwriter who achieved success as a performer in rock and roll in stage and screen acting. As a recording artist, he enjoyed a dozen top top 40? Top Top 40. 40 entries. Top 40 entries on the UK singles chart between 1959 and 1962, including two number one hits. He wrote the title song of the 1964 film Goldfinger. Newly received an Academy Award nomination for the film score of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1989. Newly died on April 14th from renal cancer at the age of 67. He had just been diagnosed with cancer in 1985 and returned in 97 and spread to his lungs and liver. Wow, that sucks. Wow, lots of death so far. Yeah, this is not a happy twee. You feeling okay, Pat? (laughs) Right? (laughs) This is just what what was out there. There's a lot of death this week in the world. Nick Cage during the, hey, whoa, Harvey, what are you doing, man? Show my wiener. wiener. Look at my wiener. Let's get a taco. They call me Mr. Flesh. <laughs> and top shows in the land. Who wants to be a millionaire? ER, Friends, and Frasier. Ooh, that's 90s. How you doing? <laughs> um, Isaac Hempstead Wright. English actor best known for playing Bran Stark in Game of Thrones was born in Surrey, England on April 8th. Huh. All right. That seems about yeah. right, yeah. The Three-Eyed yeah. Raven. That tracks. Yeah. Jean Thurston Vander Pyle was an American voice actress, although her career spanned many decades. Uh-oh. Not looking good. She's best known for the voice of Wilma Flintstone on The Flintstones. Looking even worse. In addition, she also provided the voice of Pebbles Flintstone, Rosie the Rabbit on the Jetsons, Goldie, Lola Glamour. Whoa, whoa, we're we're not just going to gloss over Rosie the what? What did I say? Rosie the Robot. You You said said Rosie the Rabbit. Rosie the Rabbit. (laughs) No, I I didn't. I said Rosie the Robot. I swear you said Rosie the Rabbit. We all heard it. We say robot around here just for fun, but Robert? You said Robert. Rosie the Robert. That's Did the I? Hamburglar's robot. All right. Robert, fine. Robert, Robert. <laughs> whatever. Get it out. That was great. Well, you and Josh are being me tonight. Oh, me? No. Pat and Josh? No, I haven't Josh, noticed any Josh, difference. Josh did it too when he did Top 40. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you done, Pat? You all good? Take a deep breath? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yes, Pat. Sorry. Oh, is Pat dead? Nope. Oh. Sorry I laughed. Goldie, <laughs> Lola Glamour, Nurse LaRue and other characters on Top Cat, hmm. Winsome Witch on the Secret Squirrel Show, and OG on the acronym of the week, which is TMGS. I'm pretty sure that stands for That Man's Got Scabies. <laughs> <laughs> that could easily be a show in that time. Right? <laughs> Uh, no, that was the Magilla Gorilla show. He had scabies. That's close enough. He could have. I mean, why would he be purple? Living in a pet shop that whole time. 
the hell kind of pet shop has a whole fucking gorilla in it? <laughs> it was actually Harvey Keitel in a gorilla costume. Cartoon Harvey Keitel in a gorilla costume trying to get you to look at his wiener. <laughs> <laughs> On April 10th, Vander, the last surviving original cast member of the Flintstones, died of lung cancer. I was expecting more of that sentence, but apparently not. I mean, we all knew how that ended as soon as you started uh, talking about, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> she was a voice actress. Uh-oh. Yeah. Pattern recognition. I know how mm-hmm. this ends. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen Hansen Corby, an American actress and screenwriter, is best Uh-oh. remembered. <laughs> best remembered. Oh, this is getting even better. The role of Esther Grandma Walton. <laughs> On the Waltons, for which she won three Emmy Awards. She was also nominated for an Academy Award and won a Golden Globe for her performances and Trina in I Remember Mama. I don't remember that show. Her final role was in a Walton Easter in 1997. And in 1999, following several years of declining health, Corby died at age 87. Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, Grandma. Goodnight, Grandma. Grandma Walton. And lastly, in sports, where there is no death. On April 11th, at the 63rd U.S. Masters Tournament, Jose Maria Olazabal, I guess, of Spain, won his second Masters title. Two Uh strokes ahead of David Slav III and three in front of Greg Norman. No, not not that kind of stroke. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne Gretzky played his last game in the NHL on April 18th as his New York Rangers lost 2-1 to one to the Pittsburgh Penguins. He died of pneumonia two weeks later. <laughs> and lastly, on April 13th, the first ever snow delay kept the first day of the opening cricket match of the 1999 County Championship at Durham from happening. Games resumed the following day once the snow was removed from the pitch. Hmm. Cricket oh. fact. And it all made sense. Yeah. It, it was it was the least crickety cricket fact we've ever had. Well, and, you know, I've thought for a while that it's weird how late snows have been happening the last couple of years. Maybe this is just a thing. Like, now I hear, oh, there was a snow delay on April 13th. Well, that seems normal. But apparently it didn't used to be. I don't know. The other side of the world. Maybe. I don't know. England, known for its great weather. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly rain, you know. (laughs) At least it wasn't like, you know, the slow delay clogged up the googly batsman, and then he had to pitch. With a sticky wicket. Yeah, see? Could have been a lot worse. Harvey Keitel was the (laughs) one-armed batsman. (laughs) With his first Harvey Keitel is like, I'm the wicket! (laughs) <laughs> I'm sticky. Come on and get the sticky wicket. Uh, Please play us off keyboard, Joel. Not, 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 not. So we were thinking of doing a music show, and we always like to do music that we love, music that we like, and music that we talk about. But then came the dark opposite of that: is music that we like, but don't want anyone to really know that we like it. So we're just going to tell everyone on the internet. Yes. Because we make good decisions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we've been known for our entire lives, is making great choices. So what we have here is a lineup of four songs from the then, four songs from the now, that we have chosen to be 
songs I, how some of the ways that we put it songs you don't want your friends catching you singing in the shower or songs you don't want to be caught playing when you get pulled over or that sort of thing even if we're not, they're not songs we're actually ashamed of they're songs that maybe we think people think we should be ashamed of and there's some shame in here yeah yeah there's a little legitimate shame yeah i mean it's not like you know we're, we're not like crucifying each other but there is some shame here so we're going to start it out with Josh's choice for the then. I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Yes. My fire, the one desire you are. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't think this is a song you should be ashamed of. I don't think so either. You know, I, I, I when it comes to the big boy bands, the NSYNC, the Backstreet Boys, this is one where, like, when they came out, I would have told you I despised them. And then years went by, and I'd see the songs replayed and parodied and, like, in retrospectives, and be like, you know what? These are actually pretty good songs. They're pop culture juggernauts made by people that know how to make a song catch on with everybody that's, you know, 10 to 14 years old and present this highly polished product that is guaranteed to make money and hits. And by nature, they can't suck. I don't know about can't, but I, there are definitely <laughs> some that, uh, that the, one, the ones that really hit. That they go crazy like this one, like like I said earlier before the show, seven hundred million views on YouTube. A big boy band. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a, it's a hard to argue that that sucks. Yeah, here's some trivia about this one. Well, first off, the song "Larger Than Life" was supposed to have been like the big song from this album, and uh, I wanted that way kind of blew "Larger Than Life" out of the water and became kind of like the key song for the Backstreet Boys. A long for many many critics have been determining figuring out what the hell he's talking about. What is that way? Has been a recurring conversation. Ben Westoff of L.A. Weekly, his writing of the uh, writings on the song is that the lyrical content makes zero sense. Mainly, the meaning of that is at issue. None of the sentiments in the chorus seem to go with any of the other ones. Even worse, no further explanation is given of what that is. Someone simply doesn't like it when his lover expresses preferences, never wanting to hear when his girlfriend says that she wants things particular ways. However, some other ones said that the song is just good. It doesn't matter what you I mean. How, how often do you listen to the lyrics of a song? It doesn't matter. It's a great, you know, I think, Pat, you and I were singing along to this driving down to Gen Con last year. Yep. Yeah, it's a good, whether it makes sense or not. I don't think I don't think you need you need to be ashamed of this one, Josh. I think this is one that you know. I've heard your voice. You can carry it. You can I, kill I it. agree with you guys. I just take issue with the idea that if something's super popular, it can't suck. I mean, Justin Bieber's "Yummy" has three hundred and fifty-two million views on YouTube. See, it point sucks. Taken. Yeah, it's well, a terrible yeah, song. I, I'm not saying that that automatically makes it good. I've had this argument before. Like something popular isn't automatically good. But, but I'm just saying odds are pretty good. It's going to not suck. Okay. In the, the the Justin Bieber thing, toss this in there. It has all those views, but how many of these views are like, have you seen this Justin Bieber song? God, it sucks. You got to see it. Well, uh, my argument has always been that uh, a good pop song is a good pop song. So, I, I 
I don't ever feel guilty about what I listen to because if I like it, then that's all that matters. You don't have to like I, it. I, I think you should, though. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's segue. Fun. <laughs> but uh, what, what, one more trivia on this one. So August 19th, 2011, China's Ministry of Culture released a list of 100 songs, including the then 12-year-old I Want It That Way, that they required to be removed from the Internet. This purge came about because the ministry claimed that these songs had been released without first being subjected to China's mandatory screening process conducted by ministry officials as per official government policy. Media sites... <laughs> I think this this is awesome. Media sites are given until September 15th to delete the songs, including I Want It That Way, or face unspecified penalties. None of these things were taken off the internet. <laughs> and it, that never works, trying to take anything off the internet. Once it's out there, it's out there. And, yeah. you know, I wonder if, if that in this song is the same thing that Meatloaf was talking about. You know, because he'll do anything for love, but he won't do that. Oh, I was thought you were talking about Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Oh. Well, maybe, but... And as far as the song goes, I don't... I I don't love it. I don't hate it. I, It's it's fine. I just... I kind of nothing it, personally. Good Clean in the House song. Yeah, and that's the thing, is a lot of these songs from this era, from this band, are just, like, good songs to sing along to. Like, I have heard progressive metal heavy metal bands like from behind the curtain when they're doing their mic checks like get the crowd going by quietly singing this over the microphone like <laughs> that's awesome yeah hearing a whole bunch of people who are there to listen to demons and wizards singing along to uh, i want it that way that's fantastic See, you know, my, my test for this was i made the playlist that i had posted on face the facebook page and played it while we were all like setting up and getting ready for dinner and just watching the reaction of everybody in the house as each of these songs came on. And there were some there were some bumps in the road. Followed up with Baby one more time, and everybody's still going to be singing. Mm. Truth. Yeah, I can't argue with that. All right, so the second song, this is Joel's, which I think he's doing this just out of... Spite. Yeah, I think it's a, this is a spite choice for Joel. We Built This City by Starship. Ah, I was just getting into it. I know Patrick hates this song. <laughs> but that's not the reason I like it. Though it is a good reason. It's not 50% for me. I, I don't love this song, but I'm kind of happy Joel picked it, because I think it fits the topic very nicely. And before you guys, you know, settle in on this whole spite thing, I'm not Larry David. When this song came out, I, I remember being over at my next-door neighbor's house, and we were outside, the garage door was open, they had their little boombox in the garage, and we were listening to this album. It's just a fun song. It just reminds me of a simpler time. It reminds me of the 80s. And it, it regardless, at that point, I didn't know who Jefferson Starship was. I was, you know, just a kid. So for me, it was, it was Starship. And I liked it. I liked some of their earlier stuff, and I liked some of their later stuff. And this happens to be one of the songs that I like. It's just a fun song. This is on multiple worst songs of all time lists. This actually is in Rolling Stone's top 10 worst songs of the 80s list. In 2011, they did an online poll for their readers and named We Built This City as the worst song of the 1980s. 
The song's winning margin was so large that the magazine reported it could be the biggest blowout victory in the history of Rolling Stone's readers' polls. Also, GQ, in a poll of all her readers, deemed this the worst song of all time. Wow. In 2016. Yikes. I know. This is the most detested song in human history, according to the article. It covered Bernie Taupin's role in writing an early version of the song and backlash against a video that nobody liked and the fact that Grace Slick wasn't really consistent about whether or not she liked the song. But it peaked at number one on the Billboard Top 100. And it was on the charts for 24 weeks. So, yeah. And I know all the words. People want to go back and hate on something now, but at the time, you know. I will say. At the it, time, it was still garbage. It's a hot mess of a shit song. I will say that the whole family was singing along to it and dancing when it came on. I hated this song the moment I heard it. With its cloying little fucking backbeat synthesized rhythm and its guitar beat and just its fucking stupid ass lyrics. This song is garbage. And the fact that it was attached to a terrible movie, The Night of the Comet. This was the lead song. The last remnants of a great band just instead of burning out brightly, just slowly fading away into embers. That's what happens when you built your city on rock and roll instead of concrete. This song sucks. Well, I'm conflicted because I like piling on but I also kind of like the song. so It's not going to be any of my 10 or top 20 lists, but... I don't understand why you would like this song. I really it's don't. It's so freaking cheesy that Yeah, you but have... it's the bad cheesy. There's no such thing as bad cheese. Oh, yes, there is. I mean, this... MacArthur Park, we built this city. Wow. I kind of like a... MacArthur Park. Oh, my God. What is wrong with... Next thing you know, he's going to be saying Winchester Cathedral's crap. Can't have that. Well, no, that's good cheesy. Anything from Eurovision. Me, me. I'm Eurovision. All right, moving on. Well, I, I just Wait, like... No, so, no, go on. Go ahead. Finish. This isn't in, like, top ten for me or anything like that. But if it comes on, I'm not going to turn it off. It's just a fun song. No, it, it's not my favorite song from the 80s or anything like that. No. But I like it. Well, you're wrong. So is your face. <laughs> well, we know that. All right, now... Speaking of being wrong... Coming up, Mike's Choice. I think this may be the only, the biggest I'm ashamed song out of all of them, but my choice was Don't Talk, Just Kiss by Right Said Fred. It's fun, fun, fun. I said, well, baby, we've only just begun. So don't talk, just kiss. We'll be on words and sound. Huh. We admit that that song is shit. Yeah, Mike, two questions. Yeah. What? <laughs> and, and how dare you? <laughs> and how dare you? Uh, when I, it was weird because I was just like, this sounds like Right Said Fred is trying to channel both Iggy Pop and the B-52s at the same time. See, here's the thing. The Iggy Twos. <laughs> the Iggy, don't <laughs> Right Said Iggy Twos? <laughs> I can't defend it. It's a terrible song. 
this album came out when I was going to junior college and in driving everybody back and forth from, you know, like we finish up classes, we're all going to head over to the local burger joint to get some burgers and stuff before we head out to whatever job or work or home, whatever we had to do. I had the album up from Right Said Fred. And for some reason, this song stuck with everybody when I was driving them around. And me and the other people that I hung out with in this time would like roll down the windows and just belt this song out as we were driving. And it just stuck with me. It's, it's not it's a terrible song. It really is probably the worst song that I have ever liked in my life. And I've liked some shit, but. I am realizing why I specifically went to Iggy Pop in the B-52s. Because it most reminds me of a really, really vapid take on Candy, which was Iggy Pop and Kate Pearson. I, I know it's probably a really deep cut that maybe you guys haven't even ever heard. Oh, I've I heard. I, yeah, yeah I load it up. Let, let, candy, 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Candy, candy. It kind of yeah. is. It really is. Yeah, it's like a super saccharine Euro trash version of Candy in some way. Well, and you can still tell it. It sounds a lot like I'm too sexy <laughs> until he starts, you know, singing the chorus. And that's the thing is, like when I when I played it, Suzanne was like, "Is this like a remix of I'm Too Sexy?" I'm like, "Nope, not even. Drop down down deeper. This is." I had never heard of this song at all before you. And I heard it, and I was like, yep, never heard it before. Yeah, same here. This is the first time I'd ever heard it. Yeah. Like, I could I could never even consider this, like, a guilty pleasure song, because, I, like, this was literally the first time I'd ever heard it. Yep, me too. This is about the same time that, for some reason or another, like, I, I play it while I was doing stuff in the house, and my dad, like, started buying me Playboy magazines and stuff. It's like, here, just look at these. Tell me what you think. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make sure. Yeah, just... Just like, oh, thanks, Dad. Don't talk, just kiss. As you're dancing around in, in a mesh <laughs> shirt and tiny shorts. <laughs> and a biker cap. <laughs> Want to go canoeing, Dad? Nope. Those are some nice spandex, boy. Get the fuck away from me. Luckily, we're going to a very manly song next. Let's oh, yeah. The canoe. <laughs> so, uh, after that one, Please, honestly, if any of you out there have heard that song before, let me know. Defend me a little bit. This is the turkey carcass in the tree of songs, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. All right, so Patrick's Choice. Mbop by Hanson. So, going back oh. to what Pat said, wait, wait, just going back to what you said, just because something is popular doesn't mean it's good. Right. Okay? This song peaked at number one in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, European Hot 100, German Hot 100, Hungary, Ireland, what? New Zealand, Scotland, Sweden, Switzerland, and then in the Billboard Hot 100 and the Top 100 mainstream list. It is just so fucking catchy. 
Like, I don't think I ever even like had the backlash moment where I hated the song for even a minute. I, I have always liked the song. This is a perfect little pop song. It's made to be loved. It's not, it has no substance. It's nothing but, but empty calories, but it's fun. It's a zebra cake of songs. <laughs> when I used to DJ back in the day, we had a little meeting one day and we were telling them, you know, how we needed, you know, some new CDs and stuff because everything we had was, you know, all too old. We needed some modern stuff we could play. And one of the things that the GM went and bought was the Hanson CD. He bought like, you know, $400 worth of CDs and one of them being the Hanson one. And I was like, dude, what the hell? And so just as like a, a protest, I used to play it every single night at midnight. It became my midnight song to play Mbop. And it kind of grew on me over time. Now it's like I have an unironic love for that song. It's a fun pop song. It just proves my point. A good pop song is a good pop song. And yeah, just a little fun fact, if you guys are curious about Hanson, there's a band called Tinted Windows that Taylor Hanson from Hanson is a part of with James Eha of Smashing Pumpkins, Bunny Carlos of Cheap Trick, and Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne and recently deceased, unfortunately. When a good well, pop well, then he's not in it anymore. No, well, he, no, he is. He just doesn't sing. Right. But if you're looking for a good, you know, super group pop band, then you like. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go as far to say super group. I mean, James Eha, Bunny Carlos are, are yeah. pretty damn yeah. well known. Would you? I mean, Adam's, if you got like. Adam Schlesinger had some hits, as did Taylor yeah. Hanson. So I was okay. going to say, like, I'm not super deep, like music nerd guy. And I knew all four of those names. So. Oh, yeah. OK, I'll, I'll give it to you. I mean, it's. It's not like, you know, traveling Wilburys. No. No. Yeah, no, no of course. It's not like but still, legends. Uh, but it's not yeah. cream. Yeah, but. yeah. You know what? I hate to say this, Pat. And I know you're going to give me shit for it, but I hear this song and you know what it makes me think of? Shopping for school clothes at Sears. Oh, I, get, <laughs> I totally can get that, yeah. Yeah, that's not a wrong opinion. Yeah, that's a fair cop. <laughs> I, I mean, thought, that's, I mean, why, that's one of the reasons why I started playing it at the at the club in the first place, because I was like, this is so inappropriate for a club. I don't know why you bought it. But then I got to the point where I was like, fuck it. I like this song. You're trying to get traffic from Sears next door? <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> the crowd's like, oh, hang on till midnight. Shit gets weird at midnight. <laughs> They're like, where's the boy section? You're in the wrong place. And then when I stopped using that as my midnight song, I, I did El Paso by Marty Robbins. Yikes. Yeah. That, I bet that was... This one just, why did you just write and produce a song called Go the Fuck Home? <laughs> no, it was the middle of the night. They, you know, they still had another four hours of drinking. They weren't going anywhere. I could play whatever the hell I wanted at that point. Uh, one of the karaoke places I went to regularly, like weekly, their last song was called Get the Fuck Out. Yeah. Nice. I used to play Closing Time when I worked at the grocery store. Just like The Office. Yeah. I used to play Pantera when I wanted them to get the hell out. <laughs> Yeah, it was so funny. It's like, I, like once a week when I'd close, people would be like, some, you always have somebody comes up to think, oh, are you playing this because it's time to close? I'm like, yeah. And they walk off and just keep shopping. I'm like, you fucker. The party's over, so get the fuck out. You don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. All right. Speaking of well, which. Yeah. Hey, what? I said, speaking of which. We heard what you said. Yeah, we just don't understand it. He's speaking of witches. Burn him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's time to close out this half of the show. Yeah. You know what? I can almost guarantee we've been pretty lucky with music episodes here on 40 going on 14. If we get popped for copyright, I bet you it's going to be Mbop. That's just. 
Yes, I would laugh so hard. I'm I think, it, right I think, right it, I, I think it's going to be Backstreet Boys. I'm, I'm going to get a C&D letter from right said Fred. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> it's going to be like, dude, come on. You need all the press you can get. Right said Fred is going to say, since you have used our song once, you must use it on every episode of your show. Yeah, it's the reverse <laughs> season. This is. Please keep doing this. I cannot afford a shirt. Cannot afford a shirt. Oh, and then it hurts. Welcome to Forty Going On Fourteen, sponsored by Right Said Fred. All right, now we are looking at guilty pleasure songs for the now. So anything post two thousand? Yeah. Is that where? I mean, yeah, that's kind of that been our standard cutoff point. Yeah, anything post two thousand. So, starting us out, we're going to go uh, in reverse order on this one. We've got Patrick with a surprising choice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually was surprised by this one for his guilty pleasure song, "Poker Face" by Lady Gaga. I will be the first to admit that this is a really dumb song. It's nothing to do with poker. I yeah, no, the <laughs> lyrics are horrible. They have nothing to do with poker at all. They just randomly throwing words that have something to do with poker or something to do with card games in general in there. But yeah, it's it, it's um, like when Joel tries to ask you about poker and is trying to be funny. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But they'll sell me down the river. It's it's like it's like <laughs> Lady Lady Gaga asking if she can trade sheep for wood. <laughs> so <laughs> I had this and one other Lady Gaga song on my uh, iTunes at one point because an ex of mine wanted them, and so I downloaded them. Whatever, and I just never deleted them because I had so many songs at that point. This was on the old hard drive, and one day I hit you know shuffle on the old iTunes and. It was the first hand of a tournament, and I had just put my headphones on. And this song came up, and I was like, oh, Jesus, I forgot I even had this. But I listened to it anyway. I was like, all right, you know, because I was like, whatever. I'm playing a tournament, poker face, ha-ha. <laughs> I ended up winning that tournament, so I was like, oh, shit. So the next tournament I played in, I decided to start off playing that song. And I got and I played second. I was like, holy shit. So, like, for a month straight, I listened to this as the first song of every tournament I played. And then finally I was like, all right, well, apparently the magic is gone. But by that point, I was like, I don't really hate this song anymore. You know, I mean, it's not even, in my opinion, her even a good song or her best song by any stretch. Not at all. So, again, with the popular doesn't equate to good. I liked this one. I do, too. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun pop song. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like we built the city, man. It's just oh, one of those. <laughs> yes, oh. <laughs> it's one of those mindless songs you can get lost in. Let's face it, the girl's got talent, and she's got some charisma that's you know got her legions of fans, and you got to respect her for taking it and just running with it. I used to refer to her as Madonna 2.0, and I think she's she's far surpassed that kind of lazy moniker. I mean, she's. She's earned her right. 
to she's not better than madonna though is that what you're trying to say no i'm just saying that she's she's carved out her her own own person thing yeah yeah and you know where madonna kind of did things for shock value and kind of did things you know to be madonna i feel like lady gaga has kind of taken it in a different direction and made it work for her madonna's never worn meat pants exactly but (laughs) you know with this song i (laughs) i heard a sort of remake of it and i had meat pants (laughs) <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, what is she saying? And I couldn't understand it. And so I had a, a case of misheard lyrics and I thought she was saying my butt fucker, my butt, 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 butt fucker face. I'm like, what is a butt fucker face? And she's like, my butt fuck fucker for my butt fucker face. I don't know. Huh? I knew it wasn't right because it was on the radio, but it made me giggle. And then I found out. This was the second song I remember hearing a lady of Lady Gaga's knowing just dance would have been the first and in general most of her singles when i first hear them i like them yeah this was no exception this was uh after having heard just dance and kind of liking it this was the one i was like okay i think i think i just kind of like her as a pop singer just dance is is what i think is probably her best like well dance song really (laughs) well and i think we all kind of got a bit of a deeper appreciation for her after seeing a star is born well, hard to disagree with that, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like when you hear Miley Cyrus sing a song by a fireside with a just a guitar, you know, you kind of go, okay, she's got a voice. It's yeah. pronounced it's pronounced guitar. <laughs> Is there a keytar? Like, we built this city. <laughs> oh, my God. It might not always be the target for the persona that they choose to present to the world, but that doesn't mean they're not talented. I think that was one of the things that always drove me most nuts about Lady Gaga. And I've always said that, too. It's like, I know she has talent. She doesn't need this gimmick. And that's why I really always hated the gimmick, because it was unnecessary. Do you know that Christopher Walken did an acapella version of Poker Face? I actually did know that. I forgot, but I did know that. That's the best thing I've heard all day. Yeah, I I remember watching it once. The gimmick worked for her, so. What are you gonna do? Right. It got her to where she is, or it helped take her to another level anyway. I mean, she's no Sia, but who is? I guess. Yeah, I guess if I if I could be guaranteed that I'd be a millionaire if I wore a meat dress, I'd probably do it. Oh, you'd do it without even having because you'd get to eat the meat afterwards. I don't know if I'd want it, to. It's <laughs> wild. I, 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 <laughs> Mike threw uh, Sia, the Sia reference out there as a joke, but I had just read that the reason she did the whole weird face mask thing is because she was a legitimately popular singer songwriter in australia and her fame like gave her serious mental problems when she got back into the business kind of pulled kicking and screaming she only agreed to tour if she didn't have to show her face because she was afraid of going down that path again totally what i was mentioning he says hoping you buy it well no i figured the sia reference was to the fact that she always covered her face yeah which is a weird gimmick, yeah. Yeah. I was just addressing that, no, I just recently learned that there was a specific reason for that. It's a fun song. It's one of the songs that was on, I, it went, again, I go back to uh, the grocery store. The playlist that you had for opening and closing was like the lifeblood of what happened on the floor. If you didn't have a good mix that kept people moving in the morning or in the evening to get things done, the whole night could crash on you. Like, we had one guy who would play a lot of this, like, almost loungy, depressing type music. So we would have a guy who would, we would come in in the morning, and he would get there, he would open the store, and he would 
at four in the morning and his idea of up and getting and getting people moving music was fucking Portishead. What? Yeah, that's spy music for a spy movie that doesn't exist. Right. I mean, Portishead is something I would put on if I'm sitting and smoking a cigar and drinking a glass of wine, not trying to get a store open in the morning. Poker Face was on my morning playlist. And for, actually, I think I still have the, play, the opening playlist on my Amazon Music, too. It, it's a good song. I mean, it's fun, it's stupid, but it's peppy and it's enjoyable. I mean, it's not walking on sunshine, you know. Whoa. No. That's how you start the morning. It's definitely no built this city. <laughs> Jesus wow. God, let's move on. All right, moving on. We're going backwards, so my choice. Now, this is actually a song that the rest of the crowd has actually heard of. Your Lips Are Moving by Megan Trainer. Why do I like this song? Because it's a fun song. It's a fun song. And I regularly drive in the car with three women that can do three-part harmony. You know, I wouldn't be ashamed about this uh, this particular song. Now, if it were all about that bass, that'd be different. Because I, I despise that song. But I remember being surprised how much I liked this song, considering how much I hated all about that bass. All About That Bass is not a great song at all. I think we actually talked about Megan Trainer. Who did she do the uh, the duet with? I don't know, but I, I do think you're right. I think uh, this is not the first time she showed up on a music show. No, John Legend. Yes. She showed up on one of our uh, top uh, top ten sh- shows. I don't, I don't know what song it was, but my wife and my two girls have inherited her ability to sing, which I do not have. The only reason I like this song is because every time it would come on, Susie and my girls would drop into every uh, uh, soprano alto bass on this and sing it together, and it's amazing. That is one of the beautiful things about music, is that a song can dictate a time and a place in your life when you first heard it or when it was attached to something kind of like when I talked about when we built the city, maybe it's not the greatest song in the world, but it has a happy memory for me. You have something tied to this. So, you know, I get it. And it, you know, it's a, it's a fun song anyway, but it really is. And, and the fact that like my younger daughter, Sophie can hit those soprano hits on it. And the, and even Katie, who's my quietest one of the three of them is just bust out singing on this one. The reason this one, I, I like it so much, and and all things considered, this should not be a song that I should ever like. The fact that the three of them sing it together so well just makes me happy, and that's why I like it. No shame in that game, in my opinion. Yeah, there's obviously nothing wrong with that. Yep. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the song, Pat? You've been kind of quiet, so I just want to get your take. It's a typical bubblegum pop song. Uh, it's It's fine. For what it is, I don't hate it or love it. It just kind of fair exists. enough. Yeah, I'm doing a little rant baiting there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, 
<laughs> it, it feels a little, you know, it has a little bit of a retro thing, but it's still modern. And, you know, she's kind of doing her sort of rep thing, but it's a nice little blend. Yeah. Speaking of sort of rep thing. <laughs> so when I, I'm just going to precursor this with. <laughs> I told the family that I'm going to play the guilty pleasure songs for everybody, and they have to guess who it is. Right. And they went, oh, this song came on, and they went, oh, this is Josh. And I went, no. And they went, oh, well, then obviously is Pat. No. <laughs> <laughs> like Their first well, guess was good, though, because this was actually my backup pick had Joel not chosen it first. Really? Yes, this this particular song has been on one of my mixes. So, yeah, they were intuitive with their first guess. They know us. So, they were a little bit surprised when Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit <laughs> showed up on the playlist for dinner that night. Stay away, mother... It's just one of those days... the edited version yeah what a shame where we could have missed out on all those lyrics <laughs> well the cursing is what kind of makes it what it is i mean if i have a, a rough day whether it be at work or whatever there's two things i go to well the main thing i go to is is helmets meantime which is a great record nothing wrong with that record at all and it's not a guilty pleasure but this song is one of those other ones as a backup song where Maybe there's not a lot to it, but it's loud. It's in your face. Maybe it's got, you know, it's got <laughs> some kind of like angry lyrics to it that are kind of general. Yeah, it, it's it's like a 13 year old boy wrote. I'm like, I'm going to say the word bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on this one, Joel. This is a song for when you're so mad, you can't be smart. And that was the way to put this song down. I, I, I'm not even putting it down. I mean, that was the thing is like if if I was playing this. I don't typically listen to my music particularly loud. If I was playing this in the car, it was played very, very loud. I'm backing Joel on this one because this is one of those songs where like it comes on, you jack up the volume, and then you're like, shit, I'm doing 110. Some trivia on this one. The music video was shot at some place called Skate Lab. I don't know what that is. Neat. It's a lab for skates. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but cameos in the video include Snoop Dogg, Jonathan Davis from Corn, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Eminem's daughter, Alec Baldwin, what? Pauly Shore, what? Derek Jeter, what? Roger Daltrey? A whole lot of people that didn't did not know that Fred Durst was going to be invisible in a year and a half. They're like, yeah, this is something I should I should attach my sled to. Dude just made a movie, Fred Durst, written and directed. What? It will be appearing in dozens of theaters. Well, it's already on Amazon Prime, but I, I, it's gotten mixed reviews. But uh, no, you you can't just say what what movie? It's called The Fanatic, and it stars John Travolta. Oh, no shit. I've heard, I've heard of this movie. Yeah. 
not only had I heard of this, I knew Fred Durst was behind it. I have seen the trailer for this movie, and I actually made you want to see it. I, I've heard from my friends in the horror community mixed things, and some of them have said it's actually pretty pretty decent. Fred Durst's filmography is is his cell phone porn video and this. So, you know, one or the other, I guess. If you want to see his dick, you know. Well, not everything can be Sharknado. No, no, that's true. Uh, sadly, it was only six films, but still. And how many songs do you know reference using a chainsaw? I mean, outside of Jackal, but. Of course, Jackal. Yeah. Well, that was my, yeah. that was my first thought. Was <laughs> Seriously. You've obviously forgotten about Jackal, Joel. <laughs> no, I haven't. I have that cassette downstairs. Shut up. Anyway, Pat, what's your take on this? Fucking hate Limp Biscuit. I mean, there you go. I'm never going to appreciate anything they do. I don't like the the style of music. I don't like corn. I don't like it. I don't like any of the the rap rock combo bands. I'm not a big fan of Rage Against the Machine. Any of those types. I've been I've been not into that. I don't know why. It's just a, a genre that never really clicked with me. Wait, did you just lump Rage Against the Machine in with corn? Well, and, they're they're similar enough that yeah, I'm going to lump them. Oh. No. But yeah, they are. I mean, Tom, Tom Morello is one of the greatest living artists right now. Yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from that that particular brand of talent. I'm not going to say that you know that he's a bum or anything. But I just that whole I don't know. I don't like that genre. Oh yeah, music. it's okay to not like it. I just I just don't. I wouldn't put them anywhere near the same cat. Because I'm with you on corn and on most of Limp Bizkit, no. to tell you the truth. But th- something about this song, like. I'm not going to like talk about how it's got genius lyrics because it doesn't, but <laughs> it is pure no. distilled anger. I don't know. I, I guess because I'm marinated in pure distilled anger, I don't need a fucking song for it. <laughs> is that the flavor? I, I mean, I seriously, like, I don't, I don't fucking need a song to jack me up. I'm fucking, I need to just wake up. So that smell when you My wake God. up is pure distilled anger. <laughs> I've been wondering. That's his secret. He's now always angry. Like. Wait. <laughs> yeah. What? Pat is the Hulk. Why is he so fleshy? <laughs> That's why his pants are always so ripped. angry. He'd look like Mr. Burns. <laughs> God. <laughs> Imagine the Hulk, but it's Mr. Burns, and then you have Patrick. <laughs> when I'm angry, this is what I look like. <laughs> if I ever fall in love, I'm just going to shrivel. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna turn into Professor. <laughs> Good news, everyone! I'm in love. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> oh, so, um, after break stuff had caused issues with my family, Josh's song showed up, which was "How You Remind Me" by Nickelback. This is how- Damn it, Josh, you reminded me of the fact that I like this song. Right? I mean, that's the thing is this this is the distilled essence for me of the question is what are you ashamed to admit you like? Because I keep forgetting that this song is Nickelback. 
Like, I think it's a rational position to hate Nickelback. Totally. Why, though? Really, why? Why? Okay. I, I know where that... Wait, why what? I know why, where that why started. Hate... I, I can answer yeah. this. This started when there was a funny fan page on Facebook said, let's see if this pickle can get more likes than Nickelback. And instead of playing along with a joke, Chad Kroger lost his fucking shit and started screaming at the guy who ran the page and just overall made a buffoon and an ass of himself. That was the genesis of the hate Nickelback online. Like, I think that down the road, there were people that were on that train without ever having interacted with the initial incident. But that is where it started. That was the inciting incident. Back 10, take a joke. And and we're aggressive and screaming and self-important about not being able to take a joke over something that was completely harmless. And if the Internet decides they want to make a big deal out of that, you're going to have a bad time. Oh, my God. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Going back to the office earlier and Andy, you know, you don't respond to the trolls because you're just feeding yep. them and it's going to get worse. Texas boom <laughs> tapper. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to be completely. I love this song. This is a great song. I enjoy it. I will crank it up and sing along to it when it comes, when it shows up on, on my playlist. Yeah, this is a this is a good song. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Chad, you need to chill the fuck out. He sent the guy who did the page a message. I just found the quote is your page will be closing in two weeks. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. So you're right. They definitely probably get more hate than because they're an entirely middle of the road. Eh, sort of post grunge pop rock band. Like, I, I think if you're just going on musical talent, it's more rational to hate on Creed. Yeah. Creed. But yeah, it it was definitely them making an ass of themselves on the internet and the internet taking that ball and running with it that made it a meme. The whole Nickelback hate, I've never really understood. They're, they're not even, they're not great enough to hate and they're not bad enough to Seriously, hate. they're no bare, they're no bare naked ladies. They're, they're an easy target, plain and simple. They're pop. They're well. They were popular. They were big. Well, they're, they're still they're still huge in Canada. They're they're an arena rock band. They write big songs for people to sing along with, or pump their fists, or get their lighters out, or whatever. Joel, play in your car. I'm just tossing this out there that right now Nickelback what? is touring with Stone Temple Pilots. Hmm. That's an interesting combination. But rest in yeah, peace. On the same. Uh, on the same mix in my car, I had Nickelback, Limp Biscuit, and Kid Rock. I am not proud of this. <laughs> I am not proud of this. <laughs> my is name is Kid! <laughs> but that is a thing that happened. Bawataba. I personally think that when you're driving, you are in an ecosystem that is entirely your own. Whatever song you put on, whatever song you play, whatever song you sing along with is the responsible to you and you alone. Yeah, of course. I mean, if if you want to pollute your brain with fucking starship, you know, that's if I want to bust out to don't talk, just kiss. Fine, I'm going to do that. It's your, fu- it's your funeral. I'm, seriously, when I die, I'm going to make you fuckers march my casket down to that song. <laughs> and Pat, 
I'm putting it in that we are going to bury you to we built this city. Oh, no. <laughs> and and <laughs> right now, on Friday, July 17th, Nickel, Nickelback is playing in Bristol, Virginia at Jiffy Lube Live. Are they, though? They are. I mean, this this July? I'm, I don't know that I'd take that bet. It's not canceled, and the pre-sale has ended. How much are tickets? It, you don't it will know be that. canceled. Seriously, it's Nickelback. Well, yeah, yeah, they may not get yeah. more than 10 people. Oh. <laughs> you might oh. be able to social distance at a Nickelback concert. Oh. All right, all right. <laughs> Depends on if the all right, hang on, hang on, hang on. So opening? if I am getting tickets, okay. let's see, if I'm getting tickets at Orchestra Center, third row, how? Holy shit! How much am I paying to see Nickelback? More than you should. No, that's not that's not an answer, bitch. Eighty bucks, Josh. Oh, <laughs> potentially weeks in the hospital is what you're paying. <laughs> All right, no, no, third, third <laughs> oh. row, third row orchestra. How much am I paying to see Nickelback live? Seventy-five dollars. How much? Seventy-five. Eighty. I already said eighty. Josh, eighty-one dollars. <laughs> Six hundred and thirty-six dollars. No, you're not. No, I am not paying that. That is incorrect. <laughs> I mean, I'm not paying that. No? Right? Nope. <laughs> I can just go see the cover band down the street for God damn, that is a good cover of Nickelback. And I saved $595. That's insane. I Yeah. Who would pay that? Pa- Actually, I say I say that, but then I um this is a true story. I was uh dealing a game once where a drunk guy was talking about how just a month earlier he had taken his daughter to go see Nickelback in concert. And he was talking about, for my dollar, those guys are just as good as Zeppelin. I saw both of them in concert. I saw Zeppelin in this concert just as good. Like, okay. Okay, you convinced me. Mike is right. Because the person who's going to pay $600 to see Nickelback is the person who is going to go to a concert in a pandemic. They are The Venn diagram is a circle. <laughs> <laughs> my freedom is worth $600. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> God damn. This song was covered by uh, Avril Lavinge. Lavinge? Avril? Avril Lavinge? <laughs> Avril? Avril? I don't know how to say her name. Avril Lavinge. Avril Lavinge. Whatever. Avril Lavinge Shirley. There you go. Who may also have featured on one of my mixes. She's so punk. She was punk before punk was punk. Is she? Was punk? I don't even know. You know she's punk because there's an eight in Skater Boy, and boy is spelled with an I. I can't argue with that. Yep, that's just science. Skater Boy. See you later, boy. Skater Boy. Uh, I think we've run out of steam. At this point, I literally have nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I I think... Can can we be done, please? I promised incorrect (laughs) opinions about music, and I believe we have delivered. (laughs) A hundred percent. So, yeah, if you've got your own guilty pleasure song, uh, something that you uh, hate that you love, let us know about it. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. If you're looking for older stuff, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Blueberry Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM. And you know what? Even if that song is The Girl from Ipanema, we don't care. Let us know. <laughs> I knew it was coming. So, Joel, what are we talking about next week? Mustaches and Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, one thing I've got and one thing I can't grow. Can't grow a Aww. shirt? I can't grow a Hawaiian shirt either. <laughs> no, I'm sad. Yeah, we are going to be talking about Magnum P.I. They decided to remake it, which is astounding to me because... Who's in the lead? What's that? Who's in the lead in the remake? I don't, I don't know. Hang on. You know him. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, We're looking it up here. Rob Canfield? It isn't. Uh, Jay Hernandez. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know him. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, the the trailer for the series, when it was being pitched around, I was like, huh. He's worth watching at least an episode, so now i got a reason to. So, uh, yeah, we will be back next week with our Hawaiian shirts and mustaches and shorty shorts. And uh, definitely, if you want to uh, give us some ideas, call in, let us know, find us on Facebook, join us on um, Discord, and let us know what you would like to see us talk about. Thanks for listening. think it's about that time it could be why are you playing child (laughs) jay leno's garage what happened to the episode of uh, jay leno's garage That won't get us. That won't get us pinged at all. Our new intro music is an episode of Jay's Garage. And you'll know this car, but for the rest of us, just get. Damn! Damn! my car. Wow, that is an awful, awful impression. It was. If one of you guys did that, fucking kudos. No, I didn't. Well, yeah. I don't even know how to do it, but I'm gonna learn. Say, but. Like literally, not. all I ever do is just copy the show notes. I never add or take away any of the crucial shit. What happened to that bot? Because I copy the link the same way I always do. Jay Leno's in on this. <laughs> all right, let, let's let's see what happens. Jay Leno was active all along. <laughs> <laughs> Five, four, three, two. I'm stepping, fetch it. <laughs> I could drive this thing all day. I bet you could. What? What is going on? Can we have our theme song back? <laughs> Wait, maybe. Hold on. I'm pulling the furniture one. See if I can grab it from there. <laughs>